G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When we find ourselves in what can best be described as a rotten place in life, the last thing we tend to expect is the mighty hand of God, the favour of God, the blessing of God. Not sure why that is, but that's how it goes. And so as we stumble through that darkness, we often end up missing the blessings that God has put right there under our nose. Bernie Diamond, and thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're going to take a look at the mighty hand of God, the hand of blessing that is at work no matter what it is that you have going on in your life. Okay, let's head into God's Word, and please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about a free daily devotional that I'd love to send to you to help you actually live in the blessings that God has for you. Now, you may remember last week we headed off on a journey into the blessings of God with a woman called Ruth back in the Old Testament. She's a Moabite who marries an Israelite, but then her husband dies, so she decides to follow her mother-in-law to Israel. Now, all that sounds pretty mundane until we realise that Moabites and Israelites back then were sworn enemies, and Ruth was embarking on a journey with her mother-in-law Naomi, whom she loved dearly to a hostile land, an unknown land, without any prospect of a husband. Remember, she's a Moabite, and therefore security and safety and income. That's just how things were back then. But it turns out that her decision to follow Naomi to the promised land was going to be a decision with huge ramifications. She was journeying back into the blessings of God, whether she realised it or not. And here's the thing, sometimes we're kind of wondering, where's life headed? And things are looking risky and scary, but if we give our lives to God as Ruth did, then let me tell you, he has a journey ahead, and it's a journey back into his mighty blessings. Let me share it with you, reading now from the book of Ruth in the Old Testament, about Ruth and Naomi's return to the promised land. We're starting here at Ruth chapter 1, verse 22. So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, who came back with her from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now, Naomi had a kinsman on her husband's side, a prominent rich man of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain behind someone in whose sight I might find favour. She said to her, Go, my daughter. So she went. She came and gleaned in the field behind the reapers. As it happened, she came to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz came from Bethlehem. He said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. They answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, To whom does this young woman belong? The servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She's the Moabite who came back with Naomi from the land of Moab. She said, 
Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the reapers. So she came, and she's been on her feet from early this morning until now, without resting for even a moment. So as we saw last week, surprise, surprise, Ruth and Naomi get back to Bethlehem just when the harvest is happening. That's good. Harvest is a time when there's food around. Harvest is a time when you can saw up some grain to keep you going until the next harvest. Remember, back in those days, women on their own were destitute. They had no rights. It was very difficult to earn a living wage, and they couldn't own land. They needed husbands, and neither Ruth nor Naomi had one. But listen to this. There's this guy called Boaz, a relative of Naomi's on a late husband's side. He's wealthy, well-regarded, and Ruth hears about him. What does she do? Does she stay on the couch, channel surfing, expecting God to bless her? No. She heads into the field, Boaz's field as it turns out, to do some gleaning. Now, now this is what gleaning is. God's law to his people included a provision for allowing the poor and the needy to pick up the leftovers from the harvest. They'd walk along behind the labourers, the reapers, and pick up what was left over. Have a listen to this. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 22. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the alien. I am the Lord your God. See, this was God's law to provide for the poor. So Ruth went and laboured in the field as one of the poor. She took a step, a step of getting off her backside and doing some hard work, a step towards God's blessing. Why? Well, we looked at it in verse 2 of chapter 2. Ruth the Moabite woman said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean amongst the ears of the grain behind someone in whose sight I might find favour. See, she went in order to put herself into the proximity of God's blessing and God's favour, to give God the opportunity to bless her. It wasn't going to happen if she sat around on the couch waiting. She had to step out. Are we hearing this? She had to step out into the blessing of God. See, God doesn't bless couch potatoes so much. He doesn't bless the lazy. Sure, we all have different capabilities and limitations. God understands that. But within our capabilities and limitations, he expects us to step out. And surprise, surprise, what happens? She came to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz came from Bethlehem. Just then. Was this a coincidence? No. This was God's timing. God's blessing was on the way, on a journey from Bethlehem to the field where Ruth had chosen hard work. Hello? Do we see what's going on here? And it's at this point that her goodness and her honour and her decency shines forth. Firstly, Boaz has already heard about her loyalty to his relative Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law. He understands, he appreciates the courage it took for a Moabite woman to come to the land of Israel. He's impressed. And secondly, his servant tells him she came and she has been on her feet from early this morning until now without resting even for a moment. So, not only is she loyal, but she's diligent. Not only is she courageous in the big decisions of life, she's hard-working in the mundane things of life. Do you see the two things that Ruth's done? Firstly, she's a good, decent, honest, hard-working woman. And secondly, when the chips are stacked against her, she goes and humbles herself. She says, yes, I am poor, I am destitute, so I will humble myself to go and glean in the field from dawn until dusk, Maybe I'll find favour in someone's sight. And God honours that. He brings Boaz along just at the right time to notice her. 
Can I tell you the number of times I've been between a rock and a hard place and afraid and, and fear immobilizes me? Then, then I spend some time with God and he causes me to look around, to survey the landscape of my life or my ministry or whatever it is, and he points me to a field. Go and work over there. Or he points me to a blessing that I, I hadn't really ever noticed before, that I would never have noticed unless I'd been led into this difficult place. And he says, go, Bernie, go and labour over there. And time and time again, it's out there doing the things that God's called me to do that someone else notices the need or pulls alongside and the blessing of God chases me down. Just at the right time, just like Ruth, it's something our God will do time and time again. He calls us into a journey towards his blessing. The question is, will we get off our backsides and go? Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send to you to help you draw ever closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see that Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. Now, when things aren't going quite the way we'd hoped in life, the thing that we naturally want to do is to imagine that somehow God has gone AWOL. You know, He's off somewhere, who knows where... And when you're in that frame of mind, the last thing you expect is the favour of God. Would God really show his favour to me in the middle of all this? I mean, really? Now, what we saw before the break was that the decision to come to God's land, God's people, and then set about stepping out into the blessing of God was really starting to pay off. Just at the right time, Boaz shows up and he notices Ruth. He remembers her loyalty to his relative Naomi. He sees how hard Ruth has been working, picking up the gleanings in the field from from dawn until now, the leftovers that according to God's law were to be left there for the poor and the needy to pick up. Now, Now think about it. They return to this promised land when just at the time of the harvest they can get the blessing of food. Boaz shows up when? just at the right time to notice Ruth, exactly what she intended as she walked ahead, stepped out into the field of God's blessing. And then, then the mighty favour of God begins to fall on her life. Let's pick up the story in the book of Ruth, chapter 2, verse 8. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped and follow behind them. I have ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. 
Then she fell prostrate with her face on the ground and said to him, Why have I found favour in your sight, that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and your mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. May the Lord reward you for your deeds, and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, May I continue to find favour in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I am not one of your servants. Now, all that may seem a little bit too much to thee and me. She falls down at his feet and all that stuff, but remember, she's a widow. And in those days, widows were destitute. She's a Moabite, an enemy of Israel in this foreign, what must have seemed to her, dangerous land. She's hard up against it. She's at the end of her rope. Her her very life dangles in the balance because the lack of a husband, the lack of protection and provision that only comes through a husband back in that time and place. And now, as we began to see earlier, Boaz tells her what he knows of her her faithfulness to his widowed relative Naomi, her incredible courage in coming to this land of Israel, the decision to come under the wings of the Lord, the God of Israel, for protection. What Boaz is saying is you have chosen well, you are a good person, and he blesses her. May the Lord reward you for your deeds, and may you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Now, was Ruth perfect? No. No doubt she made some mistakes along the way. But she had made some good choices. Loyalty, courage, hard work. And these have been noticed. Can I tell you something? You and I, we're not perfect either. And sometimes we make bad choices that gradually work us into such a terrible place. Bad choices that ruin our lives. I remember for much of the first 36 years of my life, I made a lot of bad choices. And eventually, they put me in a place where I was at the end of my rope too. The circumstances, they were different to Ruth's, but no matter, the result was the same. It was in that dark place that Jesus came and found me, and as I began to discover his love, he began to teach me to make good choices. Over time, and it did take time, those good choices began to bear fruit. My life began to turn around. Good choices, good fruit, not rock and science, is it? And as we make good choices, choices of loyalty and sacrifice and and diligence and hard work, just as Ruth did, as we embark on what sometimes feels like the difficult journey towards God's blessings, people begin to notice. They notice that God's at work in our lives. They, they can see the fruit starting to grow. And then, then the mighty blessing of God falls on our lives. When things aren't going well, we're tempted, seriously tempted, let me say, to make bad decisions, to behave badly. Think about it. When someone turns against us, what, what do we want to do? We want to retaliate, get revenge. We want to behave badly, don't we? Ruth, when her husband died, could have curled up in the fetal position and let out a primeval scream and become all self-absorbed and self-pitying and and retreated into a shell. She didn't. She honoured Naomi, her mother-in-law. She took a courageous decision to take on the God of Israel as her God and to journey to a foreign land to work hard. People noticed, and the mighty blessing of God began to fall on her life. In fact, there's a lot more blessing to come, and we're going to look at that over the coming weeks on the program. The mighty blessing of God. Many centuries later, the Apostle Paul wrote this verse in the New Testament. It's a verse that I come back to again and again in my life, 
because it is such a powerful and important lesson from God. Listen to this. It's Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. Friend, God means for us to journey into his blessing. Why? Is he a meanie? Does he want to make it hard work for us so that we, we have to work for a reward? No, that's not it. It's because of his great love, the love of his Father's heart, that he wants us to experience his blessing in our lives by walking into, growing into the blessing. When you think about it, it's exactly what any parent wants for their child. Sure, to bless them, but to see them grow and mature into that blessing so that the blessing becomes a rich and powerful influence in their lives. That's what God's like. And as we're going to see shortly, there was yet more blessing to come for Ruth. Just, just as there is so much more blessing to come for you and for me. Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I'd just like to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. Blessing is not an easy subject to chat about because all too often we don't actually feel all that blessed. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called, Does God Really Want to Bless Me? It's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you actually live in the blessings that God has for you. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll see a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your free copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. And we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll free on 1300 722 415. Now, a funny thing happens when things aren't going quite the way we'd planned. It feels, and let me emphasize that word, it feels as though somehow God isn't interested in what's going on. But more often than not, He's already hard at work making things happen, things that we can't see that are going to bless us. What if we started looking out for God's hidden blessings? hmm? Now, don't you wish some days you kind of knew what God was up to? I mean, you look around and things aren't going quite the way they're supposed to be going. At least they're not going the way you or I planned them to go. I stepped out in faith. I, I, I think I've been honouring God. I, I've been working hard. I've been doing my best. And now, now all of a sudden, things have turned to custard. It's all gone off the rails and it hurts. Anyone who believes in Jesus, anyone who's been walking along their life's journey for any length of time, knows this feeling. God, this just doesn't make sense. It, it, it's not working. And each and every time we're in that place... It's as though we've forgotten the lessons we learned the last time we were in this place. Or am I the only one who's a bit thick when it comes to remembering this scripture? Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than yours. I must confess, I am slow to learn this lesson. Each time things aren't working out, my first natural reaction is... What's wrong? What have I done wrong? Didn't I hear God right the first time? When all along, 
God is up to something. And more often than not, he's working in the background, cooking up a hidden blessing that I could never have dreamed up for myself. And it's this idea of, of God's hidden blessing that we're going to chat about right now on the program together. Because when things aren't going quite the way we expect them to be going, the thing we lose sight of so often is that God is a God who wants to bless us. And it's in the middle of the things that are going on, the, the things that don't quite make sense, that God is already at work, often behind the scenes, often in ways that we can't see. And even if we could see, they wouldn't make sense. He's at work blessing us with a harvest that if we don't grow tired of hanging in there, a harvest that we'll reap when? (laughs) At harvest time, of course. Now, before the break, we saw how Ruth was noticed by Boaz, who happened along just at the right time, mind you, and Boaz blessed her. He spoke his blessings upon her. She was able to glean the leftovers of the harvest to provide food for herself and her mother-in-law. That's what we saw, God's blessing through Boaz. But there was something that she didn't see. As she was working out there in the hot sun in the field, picking up the gleanings, the leftovers of the harvest, gathering the grain, hard work. It would have been easy for her to be grumbling to herself. I come back here, I I follow Naomi, I I serve her, I look after her, I accept her people, I even even accept her God as my God, this God of Israel. Uh, Look at me. Here I am slaving away in the field. Here I am working like a pauper, relying on charity, picking up leftovers, the scraps of the harvest, some God, some promised land. (laughs) Have you ever found yourself grumbling like that? Or she perhaps could have been thinking to herself, I better work faster. Boy, if only I can get over there and pick up some grain, we won't starve. Quick, this, there's something. I have to get over before that old man over there picks it up running around in ever-decreasing circles in fear and panic. Does that sound familiar? It's what we often do when we're afraid. We either grumble or we panic or we do both when things aren't working out the way they should be. And God seems to have gone AWOL and left us destitute. Well, the Bible record in the book of Ruth doesn't really tell us any of that. And I suspect with the focus and the drive that Ruth's displayed thus far, those weren't the things that she was thinking. But, well, we do know what God was thinking. Because in the background, in the places Ruth couldn't see, God was cooking up a hidden blessing for her. So here we are, she's been blessed by Boaz, the rich relative, and she goes back out into the field to pick up the leftover grain lying on the ground. Well, this is what happens outside of Ruth's earshot. Ruth chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. When she got up to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, let her glean even among the standing sheaves and do not reproach her. You must also pull out some handfuls for her from the bundles and leave them for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. Do you see what's going on here? Behind the scenes... God is at work. He, he's at work moving through Boaz, the man with the wealth and the power, to make it easier for Ruth. See, the deal with poor people was that they were only allowed to go along behind the landowner's labourers and pick up what was left over. The problem was that that was often lean picking. So Boaz tells his labourers, look, let Ruth come in with you and get the grain from the sheaves when they're still standing. I know that's not the usual thing, but don't reproach her. And then what I want you to do, pull out some handfuls from the bundles that you've gathered and drop them on the ground to make it easier for her. 
How often does God do that? We're in a place we don't want to be, and even there, in that place, he finds a way to bless us. And you know what I've found? If I'm busy grumbling and complaining under my breath, I tend to miss these little blessings along the way. Many's the time I've been praying when I'm in a difficult spot, and the Holy Spirit has reminded me of the little blessings, the small, gentle encouragements and provisions he's provided for me along the way. And the more I've learned to travel through difficult places, the more I've discovered the joy of finding God in those places, giving me a gentle nudge, meeting this need or meeting that need. It's such a beautiful thing. And then I realise, while I was wondering, where's God gone? All along, he was busy in the background, organising a special little blessing to encourage me along the way to provide for me and my family. And after a good many years of working in a faith-based ministry, when there have been times when there hasn't been enough money to go around to draw a wage and the bills still kept rolling in, I've discovered that no matter how hard it gets, no matter how bleak it gets, no matter how tough it looks, he never leaves us or forsakes us. And time and time again, these hidden blessings, they, they kind of pop up out of nowhere. Why? Because on this journey... No matter how dark or stormy the day, it doesn't change the fact that God is a God of blessing. And when we read this this story of Ruth and Boaz, it's not just their story. It's God's story, and God is telling us exactly that. I am the God who wants to bless you. all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to live in the blessings that God has for us through Jesus Christ. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. You know, each dollar that you give towards the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $50 can touch over 125,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Hey, that's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com or just give us a call toll free on 1300 722 415. And when you do get in touch, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called Does God Really Want to Bless Me? Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll free on 1300 722 415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.